Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Huddle 1107 on this Sunday morning. If you missed any of our first hour today, you can podcast it. They, uh, it is up now uh, anywhere you get your podcasts or on the free Odyssey app. Great to have you with us this morning. We'll kick things off the second hour here talking a little Vikings football. Vikings are now 0-2 to start the season, but always a winner is our guy Alec Lewis from The Athletic. Alec, thanks for joining us this morning. Good to have you, buddy. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. 0-2, and I was talking to somebody this morning. I was like, I mean, this is, is every year just going to be impossible to analyze? Or like, oh, gosh, that's how's right. going to go? Is this your first full season as a, as a Vikings beat writer? It's the second. So I started second. last year like a week before the season. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, it was a pretty, uh, from what I remember, in, amid the whirlwind that was, it was, it was kind of hectic. But, um, yeah, this is, this is year two, and it's um, just as crazy kind of in an opposite way. It's a lot like riding a roller coaster, except you don't get a safety belt buckle. So uh, enjoy the ride. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun one. It's not Alec Lewis. my health. I mean, I'm yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I will say I was up. I, I pulled an all-nighter Thursday night riding and then getting to the airport. But I just like from a from like a health of these games and the and I mean it's it, I, I don't yeah. know. I it's, yeah. it's, this is something. Um, it's you, something. You got a lot ahead of you. Just make sure you go to regular uh, doctor's appointments. Uh, Alec, so the, the Vikings are now zero and two, and and the sky is falling, and everyone thinks um, that the season's over. But I, I want to focus on Kirk Cousins because through these two games, statistically, he is still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Through these two games, and at this point, if you're Quasi Adolfo are you listening to trade offers if you get them for Kirk Cousins to try to get something? Do you feel like maybe? a deal will get done and to bring him back or is it time to just cut ties? Cause it doesn't look, I, I mean, I would be shocked if anything gets done during the season. Where do you think the future is here between these two? Yeah, it's a great question. And it is the question that I'm glad you started with because it's the one that we, we knew if you followed this team was going to be looming over this entire season. I mean, I will, I will start with this, this off season, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings executive personnel staff, what have you, they met with Kirk and they talked about something for the future. And, and, and Kirk, I can say, just didn't feel at peace with the offer that the Vikings were giving him. And I think he's aware enough and has done this enough to know that if you bet on yourself and you perform the way you believe you can perform, then you're going to be due for a really big payday for a team that, that, that could potentially be a, a, 
a, a competitor like the 49ers, like the Rams. Like, I, I mean, there are a lot of options here. So at this point, I have a hard time believing that with the way Kirk is playing and what the Vikings have offered in the past, that something's going to happen during the season. I think, obviously, it's always possible that things are revisited in the offseason. But at that point, it's going to be a competitive market. And the price is, at this point, with how Kirk has played, only going up. So it goes back to your overall question and raises uh, the question of, like, what what ultimately with that position is is the long-term vision here. And I think it's among everything we could talk about with these first two games. I mean, that question, we knew it would hover over things. And I think with the way Kirk has played, which I think has been pretty phenomenal, given the offensive line and kind of the adversity that they face, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting one for sure. Alec, I've I've never been worried about the offensive side of the football, but I always worry with the Vikings' defensive side of the football. They were absolutely atrocious last year. They're the reason that we even lost some of the games we lost because the, it, the, when it mattered, they couldn't make the play. And now all of a sudden, did did Philadelphia expose our defense to the idea that we can't stop the run, do you think? Or was that just that just the way it was in Philadelphia's offensive line really just manhandled us, but other offensive lines aren't as good because, you know, DeAndre Swift has been with Detroit. We played against him there. We, we played against this offensive line that absolutely just gashed us play after play after play and chewed up the clock. Is, is that a, a blueprint for other teams now to, that can run the ball to run the ball with, against the Vikings? Yeah, it's a great question. It's one I've gotten multiple times since the game. And I've, I've watched the film a lot and talked to a lot of people who, who study defensive football level. I can't. And from what I, I, I think I feel after just these conversations and spending the time is the Vikings curate, they, they curated such a specific game plan to stop the Eagles and their RPO-based offense. And I think in doing that, they played kind of like a three-three-five, almost college style to, to, to affect what the Eagles base out of and what the Eagles try to do. And I think the Vikings knew from the outset that if the Eagles got a lead and had to run the football, it was going to be very tough, especially if Marcus Davenport wasn't going to be fully healthy, which obviously it turned out that he wasn't after his very few snaps in the first drive. So I don't see it at all as a blueprint blueprint excuse me I think week one against Tampa Tampa played an entirely different style and the Vikings counteracted them with an entirely different style and they stopped the run pretty effectively in that game so I I don't see it as a blueprint I think it's more really a sign of like this Vikings team is gonna uh, uh, this Vikings defense of Brian Flores is gonna mix and match their personnel and their structure every single week to try to give themselves the best chance and uh, and obviously, when you when you are trailing early in a game like that on the road, and you turn the ball over, um, you, you you present an opportunity for the Eagles to run the football against a, a front that obviously made sense, and and they did. Alec Lewis from the Athletic joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline uh, this morning. Alec, the other thing I took away from the game the other night is that it seems to me. Uh, that there is a shuffling here of the wide receiver ranks. K.J. Osborne can't seem to catch the ball. Jordan Addison uh, just keeps making huge plays. At some point here, are we going to see Addison move in to, or is he already kind of cemented himself into that wide receiver two spot? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's the K.J. Osborne thing has been so interesting. Like, after week one, I was like, maybe just Kirk and his timing are off, or maybe, I, but it's just, 
it just has not seemed fluid at all with Kirk's passing to K.J. Osborne. And I would say that, yes, I mean, from a target standpoint, I, I expect, honestly, from here on out, Jordan Addison to be the number two receiver target. Now, I will say I think he's going to be the number three pass catcher target because I think T.J. Hawkinson is going to get a lot of opportunities lined up on the same side as Justin Jefferson. Um, and I think, I mean, I've said this a lot, but after T.J. Hawkinson arrived last year, he was a top 10 pass catcher in the entire NFL among all wide receivers and tight ends. And so I just, I expect it to be Justin Jefferson doing what he does, which doesn't sometimes make any sense. And I expect TJ Hawkinson to get targets. And then after that, I would say Jordan Addison is right there with what he's done and put on tape thus far. So Alec, when we look ahead a little bit, obviously get a little bit more time uh, than they did this last week, having to go up against Philadelphia from a Sunday to a Thursday. But now that they've got a little bit of time, what do you think about, do the Chargers now, and, I, and I'm not saying the blueprint side of it, but the Chargers actually were willing to run the football and uh, did it pretty well against Miami and got 230 yards on the ground. I would expect to see that type of offense once again, and then occasionally Justin uh, Herbert's going to throw that ball up into the air. But it seems like they have the right team to play against the Vikings to potentially put us down 0-3. Do you see that as well, or do you think that I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm putting up the white flag too fast? Well, no. I, I, I mean, I think the, the Chargers' offense is dynamic. I mean, it is, it is tough to stop. Austin Eckler... Uh, is is a phenomenal back. Justin Herbert, um, obviously, I think everybody who's watched him play knows he can throw the ball downfield with with precision. Uh, they have receivers and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I mean, this is a tough offense that is not going to be easy to stop. And I think, I mean, more than maybe just the 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 blueprint slash stopping the run. I mean, just the the thing that I keep coming back to is the personnel on the Vikings defense just is not at a level that like the Chargers play the Titans today. And the mm-hmm. Titans have Jeffrey Simmons in the middle of that. They have Tyre Tart. They have all-pro safety-level play. The Vikings don't have anything close to that right now. And so I think it's really Brian Flores trying to get as creative as possible and then just let the chips fall where they may. So it's not going to be easy to stop that Chargers offense next weekend. Um, I do think the Chargers defense, though Brandon Staley is a solid mind, I think the Vikings can be able to move the ball. Uh, I mean, I, it could be like a, a, a high-scoring, just like back-and-forth affair. But any of these games, I mean, these teams are talented, and it's going to be very tough. That's why for as much as the Vikings, uh, I mean, these first two losses, you, you talk about the turnovers and we could have won. Uh, I mean, it's just tough to, to, to dig yourself a hole in this league where these teams are all so tight together. That is Alec Lewis from The Athletic. Check him out on The Athletic, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Alec, uh, no one outwardly in purple will ever say that the white flag and panic button have been pushed. Uh, 0-2, if it turns to 0-3, I don't necessarily think anyone loses their job this year, but at what point, or is it already there, do people go, all right, uh, this is just isn't going to happen this year. It's just not, this is not going to be like last year. This team is not the same team. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very, it's a good question. It's something I thought about uh, th- Thursday night. I mean, after the game, I was thinking, you know, like how, how do you view right now, like where things stand? And, and I mean, I think overall there are reasons to ask certain questions. One of them being, 
you have this interior of the offensive line with center Garrett Bradbury, who they brought back, left guard Ezra Cleveland, who was originally drafted to be a tackle and it, it just has struggled a little bit, and then right guard Ed Ingram, who just point blank is a backup guard right now, and you didn't beef up that grouping. Uh, instead, you went out and signed a blocking tight end. I mean, there are reasons that you, you hear that and you, it's just, it, you start to ask questions. I mean, I think in general, these first two teams that they played – in Tampa and, and, and the Eagles, I mean, Tampa's front is very tough. They are. They're going to be tough for everybody in the entire NFL. And the Eagles are a really talented team. So I'm not – I don't think it's fair to just wave the right white flag and go crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, questions deserve to be asked in an industry and a sport where results are the thing. And especially when we've talked about the quarterback situation that is so uncertain. You didn't sign Justin Jefferson, who is arguably the best receiver – uh, ever at his age, um, you didn't sign him to an, a long-term extension with the price only going up. And there are reasons to ask a lot of questions right now, and I don't think those are going to stop if the losses continue to pile up. And Alec, I can tell you that was exactly something when we were talking about Justin Jefferson just last week, we were saying, you know, every week the Vikings wait. Mm-hmm. I think this is a bad decision financially for the GM because the longer they wait, uh, the, the guy starts out with nine nine catches for 150 and backs it up with 11 against, with 160 against Philadelphia. So his numbers are there, and they're just going to have to pay him at some point. And he's he's <laughs> obviously waiting and wondering himself probably, but that number keeps going up. When I look at the offensive line, though, and we talk about Kirk getting hit all the time, and we've got some questionable guys, we've got some guys that are out, um, how is Darisaw right now? I mean, is I know we've got a little bit of extra time, but is he in a spot where we're concerned about him for the next game as well? Yeah, I mean, the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell talked a little optimistically about having him this upcoming week after the game Thursday night. But I'll tell you, like, I watched him pretty much through binoculars the entire pregame, and he was lumbering. I mean, it just did not look mm. – fluid at all he just I mean Marcus Davenport looked better than him and Marcus Davenport only went three snaps in terms of just the way he was walking around the field I mean it just it was a big uh it's just hard to watch Christian Darisol try to move around honestly and so I I don't know and it I mean I thought a lot about Christian Darisol who is I mean I thought he would ascend to a pr- pretty much all pro level this year but health has been a thing for him going back to the time he was drafted I mean obviously the concussions last year um, but, it, I mean, this is a guy they absolutely have to have with the interior being what it has been. And, and yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think they spoke optimistically, but we'll see probably as the week progresses how, how, how things look. I'm continually amazed at year after year how this franchise can miss and not have a off- good offensive line. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I feel like every single year, Alec, it, they draft a, a massive amount of linemen. And they almost never pan out that right way. How can you put – and I know maybe this is a question for your mailbag next time. I just – to me, the most frustrating thing of watching this team for more than a decade is with all the time and effort that they've put into that position, how at any point have they not had a really top-tiered offensive line more than once or twice? I mean, it's it really – I mean, the more I've listened to people here who have rooted for this team for a long time and analyze – I mean, the more I listen to that comment like mm-hmm. you from many people, I mean, I just – it's almost like an empathy it's thing. It's mind like, Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. But it's like I, – I mean, I, I'm from Alabama, and I watched Alabama yesterday, and it was brutal. And, like, part mm-hmm. of it 
it, it, I mean, part of the difference between man, sometimes it's so easy to watch teams play and sometimes it's so difficult. Like, it's not that complicated. If you can block, you give yourself the chance in a way that just makes everything look so much more fluid and smooth. And it's boring to talk about. It's not the sexiest thing in the world. But as, as people here know very well, I mean, the benefits that you can have when you have that and the, and the, the trouble you can have when you don't is, is – is it's just mind-boggling and i know frustrating for people like you it's, but I, I i i have empathy i know that it's the definition of insanity right if you expect <laughs> the same if you if you do the same things and expect a, a different result it's insanity that is truly what the vikings offensive line is alec lewis from the athletic thanks for joining us this morning man we'll talk to you soon thanks alec of course thank you guys i enjoy it every time appreciate it um and yeah we'll see what happens it's an right. interesting time as always what a what a what a league um, so, yeah, thank you, guys. Well, there's nothing better and more interesting than covering the Vikings on a tough year. I'll tell you that. You will get a lot of um, – you'll get a lot of really interesting comments. All right, we'll step aside. Thanks, Alec. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Uh, you are listening to the Huddle on 830 WCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one – they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.